Hey, I'm Jesse. As we continue in our evangelism training, we've begun with soteriology, depending entirely on the Holy Spirit of God, praying fervently. We talked last week about how to bring up the sacred conversation. How do you actually bring the gospel up? And then this week's sermon looked at just these five passages of scripture that you can use to share a biblical gospel presentation. You can use all five of them together. You can use one or two of them. You can use one in isolation, whatever you want to do. But I wanted to go through those five verses in their individual context this week. And guess what? The very first one is, it's John 3, 16, arguably the most famous verse in the entire Bible. All right. But do you know what John 3, 15 is? You know, it has to do with lifting up a snake in the desert. It's weird, right? Until you see how it fits within redemptive history. Here's John 3, 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, or for God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he's not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown be accomplished by God. John 3.16 fits within this teaching as Jesus answers Nicodemus, a teacher of the law who didn't understand what Jesus was talking about when he said he must be born again. Nicodemus pushed back, framing the question as though it were literal and physical. How can a man be born a second time? And Jesus' answer, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't understand these things? Truly, I tell you, we speak and we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If, uh, if I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. It's capitalized here. Jesus is referring to himself as a fulfillment of an ancient prophecy from the book of Daniel, the Son of Man. He's saying, I am that Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. Jesse, what in the world is this? It's where we get the caduceus from. It's where we get the, uh, the, the, the symbol that's on your Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance card. That snake on a stick sometimes is symbolic of medical care. This was uh, God's wrath actually upon Exodus Israel where they were rebelling against God, venomous snakes were dispatched among them. When the people were bitten by the snakes, they would die. But then God told Moses to create a bronze snake, lift it up on a stick, and everyone who would look to it would be healed. So it was deliverance for the people of God from the wrath of God because of their sin. All the way back in the Exodus sands, we see the shadow of the cross. And now Jesus takes that Old Testament passage that is striking if you're, if you're unfamiliar with God biblically, if your notion of God is castrated, like he has no wrath for sin, he doesn't discipline his own people, then Jesus takes that story and shows how it was really foreshadowing him because just as, just as the Old Testament Israelites would look to 
the snake that was lifted up into the desert and they would live rather than die because of their sin? We look to Jesus and we live rather than die because of our sin. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, that's Jesus, must be lifted up so that everyone who believes may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him would not die, but have eternal life. We choose this particular verse to begin our gospel presentation because when the basic presupposition for the gospel is God's love, it's biblical and accurate. It's a compromise between the two kind of schools of evangelism that war with each other, wherein one school seems to, within church circles, just wants to talk about the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, and the other school seems to only want to talk about the grace that God has, the grace that God has, the grace that God has. These two are one and the same, and the, uh, a complete gospel presentation includes the fact that God has wrath for sin and grace for sinners. God loves the world. That is an important place to begin your gospel presentation. And the context of John 3.16 even includes an example of God's wrath that he had for sin, beginning with Old Testament Israel during the Exodus, and now the grace that God has for sinners. Everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. That's John 3.15. Isn't that beautiful? So we, be, we begin with the love of God. This is also, as it happens, more appealing to people uh, than the wrath of God. I've led a lot of people to Christ, beginning with the wrath of God. Uh, you know, even the guys who carry around the, the scary signs at the Mariners games, they'll, you know, they'll catch a few fish, man. They lead a few people to Christ every now and then. But the majority of the people who come to Christ, in my experience, do so and they're drawn upon by the Holy Spirit into the love that God has for them and his kindness that draws them to repentance. And so we begin our gospel presentation predicated upon the love of God. For God loved the world in this way. We get a lot of mileage out of the word so. Okay, I am so over this rainy weather, said the guy who moved to Seattle, <laughs> All right? Uh, so-and-so is this guy that uh, you, know, you should get in touch with. We use the word so about a billion different ways. And when it translates from Greek to English, the word so can confuse our, our usage. For God loved the world in this way, in this manner, by, by way of this medium, however else you want to kind of permutated, that's, that's, the, that's the use of the word so here. God loved the world this way. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not die, but have eternal life. Do you see both the wrath and the grace in that verse? It's predicated upon the love and it's followed immediately by the wrath, would not die. The word die is in John 3:16. we often forget that. That's the default state because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. That's tomorrow's verse. So you actually have death and life in one verse. You have the wrath for sin and the grace for sinners all in one verse. You could use John 3:16 alone to share the gospel with somebody. Understand it in its larger context. Be prepared to properly frame it within its use of the word so. Get the original Old Testament roots and then share this verse with someone because, man, it's beautiful. How do, you, how do you disagree with this verse? How do you turn this verse down? It's only because you don't want to repent. It's only because you want to suppress the truth with wickedness. God loves the world so much. And in such a way, he gave his one and only son. 
so that whoever believes in him would not die. That's the default state because of our sin. We, we die, but instead would live and live forever. But you would have, note the present tense, your eternal life begins upon the moment of belief and begins upon conversion. God loves the world this way. He gave his one and only son. So whoever believes in him would not die, but have everlasting life. Give me your take on that verse. What do you think of that verse? I've never met anyone who said, you're stupid, get out of my face, I hate you. Like when you read that verse, you actually hear that verse. And even the militant anti-Christian skeptics are like, I gotta admit, that's pretty good. (laughs) This is a great place to begin. And when you begin, your gospel presentation predicated upon the love of Christ, and you lose John, you use John 3:16, you're not leaving out the wrath part. The word die actually appears there. You're not, you're not abandoning the grace either. Of course, that's the larger message and where it ends. John 3:16 is a fantastic verse to begin your gospel presentation. It could also be the summation. This is John chapter 3:16. It's gonna change someone's eternity today. You believe that? I sincerely do. I know it for a fact. It's changed mine in April 16th, 1991. May it change your co-worker's life today, your neighbor's life today. May it change a stranger's life today, someone in, in your reach on social media. This is so beautiful. May God use this text in your ministry today. All you gotta do is obey. Are you ready? Go and make disciples.